Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Emmett, and this is the Fatback Four. With me tonight are Kev, Matt, and Shawnee. How are you, Shawnee? Good, yeah. Um, Premier League back. Bit of a short result yesterday. I'm sure we'll get into it, but um, good to have the football back and see the usual suspects squirming today <laughs> after um, the weekend's result. Um, you know, you're back in it when. Gary, Lenig- oh, Gary Neville is deflecting on everything else bar the fucking shambles that's going on at Manchester United and Roy Keane is making his quip one-liners again and all is well in the world. The, uh, the United fans will never learn, will they? Blew their beans yesterday without a result and then all of a sudden, I, I always say it to my mates, wait until you get your result in before you start slagging us and they never learn. Matt, how, uh, how are you, pal? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, it's nice to have uh, the footy back. It was a good weekend. Watched, I think, pretty much all the games. Get them all on at the same time. And it's uh, it's good to kind of get an idea of where these teams are, you know, having done predictions and stuff like that for the last week and not really knowing what the hell you're talking about. I mean, who who knows how good Brentford's going to be or anything like that. So, yeah, it was uh, it was nice to see how, uh, how the season's going to start to shape up. Good stuff. And how many days to take off now? Uh, Wednesday evening, so two more days of work and then off on Wednesday. Can't wait. Okay. How are you, Kev? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm the opposite to Matt. I watched our game, yes. I watched Friday night's game. Enjoyed that. It was a good game. Uh, watched our game. Uh, I couldn't watch another game after after watching that. It just really got to me, that game. That performance got to me. And I tried, I sat down today. I watched the first game. And watched the first half of the Man City game. I turned it off. I decided it's the most boring drivel shite I've, I've watched in, in ages. And it's just the same old city, same old West Ham. Bent over, took one for the for the league, and I just had that halftime cook this. Turned it off. I just need a bit of a therapy session tonight. Now, get I'm exactly the same. I'm yeah, exactly just, the same. I just want to get we, over we, it and come back for next week. We, you know what I mean? we have a bad result. That's it. I'm done with football for the weekend. <laughs> Until I heard that United were two down, so I said, "I'll stick this on." <laughs> <laughs> and I watched There's the a rest. Silver of it. lining always, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, yourself and Chris did uh, like uh, the full time red yesterday, instant match uh, match reaction after our game. So what we'll do is, uh, Kev, you've already given your opinion yeah, on yeah. it. But we'll, we'll obviously get a little bit more on on it from you. But what we'll do is, um, 
we'll get uh, Shawnee's and Matt's uh, opinion on it. We'll start off with the, the lineups. So, Matt, when the lineups came out, were there any surprises for you? No surprises. Uh, I was personally a little disappointed because I thought after the cameo in the Community Shield that Darwin might just get the start. But the, that lineup that came out was pretty much exactly as everybody was going to predict. And Shawnee, any surprises for you in the lineup, or was it as you probably expected? Yeah, I, I was surprised that Darwin didn't start, to be honest. I think, um, and it's not like, well, I, to be honest with you, I don't really, I'm not one of these who moans about lineups. I kind of always trust what the man just done there. But I was surprised that Darwin didn't start because I just thought, away from home against a newly relegated side who might have a go, and they did, they did in the end. Um, I thought it would have been the perfect place to kind of start Darwin and get off the mark now. Obviously, it'll get into what happened in the game, but I did feel that he um, he should have started. And I think his half an hour in the game probably proved that, yeah, maybe he should have, because I don't know, when do we start worrying about Bobby, really? Um, because I can't think off the top of my head the last time he, he, he had a good performance. He was good against Southampton away at the back end of the last year, but let's be honest, that was kind of a, that was an anomaly amongst a, cl- a clutter of bad performances he hadn't. I don't think he owes us anything, but I just, I genuinely was surprised to see Bobby Stanton because he hasn't really lit it up when he's gotten the chance, especially in pre-season. I don't think he stood out even. So, yeah, I'd imagine that Darwin might be might have put himself now in in contention now just to start because I think Bobby gave it gave us nothing yesterday, and that's why I was surprised to see him starting. Jota, he would have started ahead of Bobby. Yeah, I reckon he would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a pre-season, if, he, if he's trying chance. to ease Nunes in. Yeah, 100%. Look, no question about it, but without a pre-season, Chata, look, if he had been there, you know, fucking, if me auntie had bought to be my uncle, that would be say. So, I, I, I just, um, I don't know, I'm not, look, I don't think it was a matter of the lineup letting us down yesterday, yeah. to be honest with yeah. you. I just, I think there was, when, you, when someone, when we perform, you say everyone was brilliant to a man, or, or you could say that the opposite. I thought, Everyone was shite yesterday. I think there was a number of players you could have pinpointed yesterday and said, that's the worst I've ever seen him play for us. And, and that, that's that's just the type of day it was. I, I, I actually feel we were fucking blessed to get a point. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're absolutely blessed. Like it's, I think it's the, what Klopp said is the only positive thing is the result. Yeah, actually getting out of there with a, with a point. Um, Kev, um, how long was it? Because I'm one of these that will start watching a game and I'm probably a little bit, like, probably a little bit like Davo, and I'll be like, "Oh, it's gonna be one of those days." How soon was it into into the game? Did you think first five minutes? Where, 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 yeah, it was that yeah. obvious, wasn't it? Yeah, we couldn't get out of our own half. We couldn't string. Pa- Normally, we try to pass around the back, work it forward, and dominate the ball, press sides in, and work from there. Couldn't get out of our own half comfortably. It was a real effort to try to get over their halfway, over the halfway line. Um, <clears throat> use I had no problem with the lineup. I genuinely didn't look. Allison was the only change from the um, the game against City, and we did okay against City. We we're fine, so I had no problem with that. Um, but inside the first five minutes, you could see the Fulham weren't going to park the bus. This is a side who. 
won the championship at a cancer. You had a striker who's come off a season scoring 43 goals. Now, 43 goals in, a, in any league is some going. So you've got to side with brimming with confidence at home, first game of the season, with playing against a, a Liverpool side who picked itself. They would have known that <laughs> Liverpool side for a week. You know, because Bar, maybe Nunes would have been in with a shout, but you could pretty much guess what the lineup would be. And they went for it. They were ruthless in their pressing. They were organized in their pressing. And the Joe Palinha or Patinha was a monster for the first half. Nothing was getting by him. We were chasing scraps. We were chasing shadows for a while. Couldn't get the grips at the game. Our midfield was anonymous. That was the worst game I've seen Fabinho play in a long time. Thiago wasn't much better. Henderson was the best of a bad th- of a three, but they were a bad three. And that's not saying a lot for Henderson either for, until he moved into the six. But for the first half total, we were chasing shadows. And then when we did get into the final, their final third, we created chances. You know, we had really good chances. The first one was Bobby should have led uh, Robertson in a fraction of a second earlier. And Diaz scored from the rebound. It was offside. But you sh- we showed what we could do when we got into their, to their final third. We just couldn't get there. And when we got there, we couldn't keep them there. Because the out ball was always there for them in Mitrovic. You know, having that centre forward that they can go along to negates our press from the front. So you need some, you needed Bobby to come in and alleviate the pressure, take the ball, make a one two and get us up the pitch. And it just didn't happen for anyone. It's very rare that you'll have nine of our starting 11 have bad games. And they just so happened to be eight or nine of them had an atrocious game. Not, not to try and, and pick what went wrong, but like, I mean, everybody knew that Fulham would be up for it. Everybody knew that Crowd would be up for it. It's like we got, I don't know, it's like we got caught cold and we just couldn't. I didn't even, I thought. I, I was like, I get what you're saying. People comparing it to Brentford in the chat. Like that, that stadium was rocking last year. Brentford. There wasn't even. There was no noise yesterday at Craven Cottage. There, there wasn't even an atmosphere. Mm. I was thinking, what's they just pressed us like demons? And I was watching it going, ah, <laughs> uh, we'll negate this, and these are run out of steam, and we'll just pick them off. But we never did, and they never did either. Look, credit to Fulham. They were the better side. They did. They walked that bollocks off. But yeah. we were just. We were shy. It was unforced errors all over the park. And look, we're going to get into it. And very uncharacteristic. And the telling point was Klopp after the game. I've never seen Klopp so animated. You know what I mean? Like Everyone's going on about the fucking, the, the pitch is dry comment. But look, that that's journalism these days. That, no. Years and years ago, journalism used to be based on getting these big exclusives because that was their currency. But now currency is clicks, you know? So, all he needed to do was to, to take away those four words that he basically said to pitch destroy and negate everything that he said before and after that, which was the application from the players yesterday was disgraceful. You know, like, and it can't happen again. Like, Klopp was bullying. First time I've seen him proper bullying. Normally he comes out, he'll deflect, he'll take away and he'll make you feel better, but he didn't. He basically just said, this can't fucking happen again. You know what I mean? And that's not what I expected of this Liverpool team. Uh, going into the start of a new season because let's be honest with you there's no such things as draws in this league anymore you either win or you don't 
Yeah, it, it, it's as simple as that. Yeah, there's no difference between a draw and a loss now in this title race. That's the God on the shoot. I think we'd all agree on that. Yeah. I think one thing that was even more disappointing was the performance against City last week. Everybody was speaking, was raving about that performance. One of the best performances that they've seen. And then they rock up at Craven Cottage yesterday, Matt, and and put in a performance mm-hmm. like that. Loose passes, short passes, long pass. Like it just wasn't like Liverpool at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about not wanting to, you know, pin try to pin down where exactly the problem was, but I think a lot of it came from just the lack of cohesion. Like you mentioned the city game, that how sharp we looked, you know, the passing movements between, you know, the fullback and the midfielder and the forward on both sides of the field, and we looked really good and our pressing triggers were all good. None of that was in this game at all. Like we've got we've got veterans that have done this fixture multiple times. So you know Bracky threw his own comment comment up there that this is the fourth year in a row that we've played, you know, the top team from the championship on the first day of the season. Henderson, Milner, Van Dyke, all these guys, they know what you need to do is you need to come out there and yeah, they're going to be up for it. They're going to be buoyant. Uh, I actually had a friend that was at the game. He said the atmosphere was actually pretty good. You know, he said the, the Fulham fans were really up for it at the start of the game and we gave them no reason to be quiet. You know, we needed to go out there and let them have their first five minutes and throw a couple of punches, shadow box for a little bit. And then we needed to go take control of the game. But we just we couldn't get the ball from back to front with any regularity at all. Just misplaced passes. You know, Trent hitting the ball out of bounds, Virgil hitting the ball out of bounds, Thiago just launching it clear into touch. Like there was way too many loose passes there. And like one of the things that really annoyed me out of the game was Kenny Tede got a yellow card in the 20th minute, you know, pretty early in the game for their right back up against Luis Diaz to get a yellow card. And he never tried to take him on, you know, that ball should have been like a magnet to Luis Diaz of run at him, run at him, run at him because somebody else is going to have to come over. And, And we just, yeah, we couldn't get a foothold in the game because the ball just wasn't sticking for us. And, you know, Fulham took their shot when they had their chance. The first, like I asked you, Kev, that what the what was the point where I thought, or where you thought, oh God, I think there was a ball out on Trent's side, and it was a real kind of lazy kind of effort to try and clip it into the midfield, and it just hit off a Fulham player and fell right for them, and they were on the break again. Um, it just seemed that it was, and I hate saying this about about Liverpool, it was like they just had to show up. That's what yeah. I felt like. Exactly. Without, without actually turning on, and and it was like it was nearly a surprise to them when Fulham were so up for it, and and it's probably the only eleven people out there that it was a surprise to that Fulham were were that up to it. And, remember, um, and fair play to them. I, I don't want to yeah. keep talking about how bad we were because, like Sean, he but said, Fulham, Fulham were absolutely excellent. They they definitely were. But do you remember again going back? I think it was we were away to Swansea when. Or it might have been Bournemouth. Could, I think it was Swansea. And we just turned up. And it was almost a case of, oh, we're Liverpool. They'll roll over because we're that damn good. And we're entitled to three points because we're just here. you know. And that's the kind of attitude that I felt that we played with. And it wasn't until the changes were made. And maybe the changes that Klopp made surprised a few people on who he took off. Because it did change. And we did grow into it. And it was our own mistake that crippled us again for the, for their second. But, I mean, we'll chat about that later. But, like, 
get on to the goals. I mean, did Trent could have should have done more to block off Mitrovic's jump, but the ball was quality. The ball was absolute quality to the far post. And once Mitrovic gets his hands on the defender, or once he can see the defender's number, you know you're not going to outjump him, and you're not going to you're not going to stop him. It's a it's a trademark number nine's finish from any area you want to talk. Pull onto the pull onto the back stick, pull onto the fullback, get up over him, make sure he can't jump, and power your header in. I don't. There was nothing Allison could have done about it. Robin might have been able to get out and block stop the cross, but. It was really wide. Cross came in from almost from the touchline. And <laughs> you're nitpicking, I think, with Trent, because to me that was more good striker play than bad defending. Yeah, he could have done us he could have done a bit better. But I think at some point you just gotta say, yeah, Mitrovic did really well. You know, that wasn't as as simple hit and hope cross and he might be at the back seat. He planted yeah, it. He, saw, got, he okay, saw where it was you, coming from. Kev, you got to make yourself big. You can't. Yeah, I know. Oh, he, he could have made Trent, him... Trent jumps for the header and he makes himself smaller. His, his head well, he retracts. Jump. That's the whole point. Do you do you guys think? Do you think that Trent was trying? Do you think Trent was going to try to go for that cushioned header or a chest back down to Allison? Because you know it's pretty close to the back post. Allison's right there. Like it's almost what it seemed like was that he was thinking he had the time and space to just cushion that ball and not do the smart safe thing, which is just put it out it's, for a corner and reset. It's identical to the goal we conceded against Villarreal in the Champions League away. If, if you don't, if you remember, the, the, I think it was might have been the second goal. I actually think Allison is poor as well on the goal. I think Allison doesn't cover himself in glory either. To be honest with you, but yeah, it was just the direction of of Trent's head took it down and up. So he was. I don't think. Um, I don't think like when I went in, you were kind of like it was one of them. Oh, that was coming, you know. Like, oh yeah. We just we didn't do enough, and it was a great ball in Tete, but I just think you've got to be fucking attacking the ball more hunger if you're trying to. It doesn't matter if it's Mitrovic behind you. Let him go through you. Take a whack. Yeah. Do something. It, you, and it, if it was anyone else, you kind of forgive them. But look, I love Trent. He's probably my favorite player in the team. But we've seen that happen to him all too often, where he's just no awareness of what's going on behind him in terms of attacking the ball like that. And I think that's the one glaring weakness in this game is. When it's like that, when when the ball is coming in like that, he just not that he doesn't anticipate it. Make yourself a nuisance if you think you can't get to it. If you jump, he actually shrinks. He gets smaller when he jumps, which which it it was frustrating to say the least. It, it, Trent normally if he lets you down on going one way, he's normally okay going the other way. But he was just shy in every aspect of his game. As there just wasn't as that. It just wasn't our day. You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. Look, when about, you go. When the goal goes in, you, you kind of half expect, well, maybe that'll put a rocket up them now. And there was a period of about five, ten minutes where Fulham seemed to back off and we seemed to start getting a little bit more joy. And I thought, right, well, that's it now. Um, we're taking over. Um, but again, it was loose passes. Um, it's, it's, I think it was that, at that stage. Well, it wasn't at that stage that I think it was the second half that Thiago came off, wasn't it? Fifty ninth minute. 50s. It was early 50s. Yeah, 55, yeah. I think, because it looked like a 60-minute sub was just pushed forward a few. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we when the subs are made, uh, Kev, you said it there, Milner comes on, and you could, you just knew people were going to go, oh, why is Milner coming on? Um, 
And he actually did change it. Um, and we, we looked a little bit more threatening going forward. He seemed to kind of kind of kind of solid up the midfield at that stage. Um, and um, we started getting chances. Um, I think then a few minutes later, you had uh, Elliot um, and Nunes. Yeah, come Elliot on, and Darwin it? came on, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then we had a little bit more joy down the right-hand side as well. And it kind of freed up Mo a little bit as well. Um, Matt, um, was there ever a point where you thought we were actually going to come back and win the game? literally every point at every moment. I never once thought we're not going to pull this out. Like it never got to the point of being unrecoverable. It wasn't a seven, two Villa sort of thing. It's we're only down a goal. We can score two goals in two minutes. takes absolutely nothing. I I know the quality that this team has and then it just keeps dragging on and you, you know, you get to halftime and all right, you know, Klopp will get them in. He'll put a rocket up them and we'll come out second half, make some changes and it'll be better. And, uh, the the changes helped so much. I mean, the changes really did help. You know, that's that's one of the worst Fabinho performances you'll probably ever see. Uh, and Henderson, yeah, like you said, I think earlier that he really improved when he moved into the six. Uh, the team just got better. The passing got better. And I mean, Milner coming on as a sub, I certainly did not have that reaction. I I can't think of a time where I've been like, oh damn, James Milner has to come on as a substitute. That's a great substitute to have because what we needed at that point was a little bit of steel and venom and anger to come into the team. And you know that Milner's always going to give you that. And again, he did his job. He's probably not a match winner for us, but James Milner has a role in this team and he performs that role every single time he comes on. But no, I, I, I never lost faith. You know, even in the injury time, I still thought that there's some way we're going to win this because we do it pretty often. So, you know, why not? Shawnee, uh, Nunes comes on, and much the same as the Community Shield last week, he's an absolute menace right from yeah. the start. Um, what did what did you make of his performance when he came on? Yeah, I thought he was brilliant when he came on. He caused havoc. Um, he just instantly died to drop 10 yards because he was the focal point. He wasn't floating like Bobby. He was literally, I'm here now. Some of his runs were brilliant. Um, and you see... The goal he gets, he nearly does it. The thing, he nearly he has an identical finish. I think it's probably not even two or three minutes before that, where he tried the ball's coming across. And to be honest with you, when it happened, I was thinking, just flick that in, you mad fuck, which I laid for. Yeah. People are trying to indict me, believe this fella is like fucking Andy Carroll, and he's trying to backheel the ball in, laid six yards out. I'm like, just fucking get a flick on him, you mad thing. But then he goes and does it. He was brilliant when he came on, he really changed the game for us. And um, to be honest with you, I, I, not that I was critical of Nunes, I was worried about the signing of a Nunes type player. I didn't know how we'd adapt to have him winning our system. But you can see already that there's sort of an understanding between him and Mao there where Mao just flashes that. And what we've often seen Mao cut back in and, shoot. Uh, and try to go on his left. But he knows yeah. he's going to be there. He gives us a different dimension now. And he, he really did. I'm thinking... If we had made the change earlier, it could have been different. But look, I think if it wasn't for him yesterday, we do we go home empty-handed. I think he probably earned that point on his own. To be honest with you, I thought he was absolutely fucking brilliant, and he was unlucky as well not to not to get another one or two. So, yeah, we're really really promising signs from Darwin Nunes' um, early doors. But he looks hungry. He looks like he's going to give us a different dimension, and they couldn't live with him because when the ball was going up, it was just sticking to him. You know, he he was causing havoc. 
in the area. Very much similar to the way Haaland was today, where I think defenders are like, Jesus Christ, I don't know what to do with this fella. Like, and then he, he allowed Mo then to, he, like, you could see Mo coming into it more when Nunes come on. And yeah. I thought Elliot as well yeah. was brilliant when he came on. I thought, really, I thought Harvey Elliot was absolutely brilliant when he came on. He just gave us a different dimension. And look, I think about looking at, I think they're probably the only two who can walk away with any sort of, what, what, what's the word, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, credit. Like, even then, like I thought, the rest of them were shy. But I, I, I watching back, I watch back the extended highlights today, and I can't believe you got a point because we were just so fucking sloppy. Yeah. Well, look, it was only a few minutes after uh, Nunes, and, and sorry, just on his goal when he got it, and then they said it, it came off a defender. I was devastated. But then when they showed, <laughs> when they showed it, it actually came off the defender first, and then off Nunes, and in. Yeah, so yeah. delighted. But it was only a couple of minutes later, uh, Kev. Um, that he that little cushion header down to Diaz, and Diaz was literally about to slot it home, and uh, the defender got across and deflected it wide. And um, that's something that Matt said during the week that he, he sees Nunes having a, a massive impact in terms of assists as well. It was a lovely little cushion header down to Diaz. Yeah, I think like, going in, as the season goes forward, I'm looking forward to seeing how Nunes and Jota <laughs> link up. Yeah. Because I got, I wouldn't be a bit surprised in games where you see us playing a front four with Jota uh, playing like a second striker role. He does it for Portugal quite a bit, where he might start out on the left, but he always ends up being a second striker, and he's well capable of doing it as well. Um, I mean, we we hit the post twice, and they hit it once as well. They had a good chance to hit the post just before our. Or because they were they, they they hit the post to left to go two 0 up, and then we got it back to one one, and I thought at one one we'll run it out here. You know, yeah, I think it was Darwin, uh, Cabana, uh, wasn't that? Hit yeah. the foot of the post. My yeah. heart was in my mouth. <laughs> and my because he didn't hit it, he absolutely twatted it. Yeah. And <laughs> I just thought when we got the goal, we'll go on and win it because we looked dominant. We looked like. The right hand side, if I clicked, Elliot was linking up brilliantly. Trent was getting more involved. Uh, Robertson was bombing on. Milner provided that bit of steel in the middle of midfield with Henderson, where nothing was getting past them. Their passing was good. Everything speeded up and sharpened up that bit. And then Matip committed the cardinal mistake. Another yeah. unforced error. He did. Well, Matip, for. When he goes to take the ball out of out of our half, the first thing he always does is commit a player. He'll commit a player, and then he'll make a decision. Do I go past him? Do I lay it off? But he, he got to that position, and he didn't either. He passed it into no man's land, and they picked him off, and bang, bang, Virgil's one-on-one with Mitrovic, and Mitrovic done him for a little bit of trickery in the box. It was a stonewall pen, and you you got to climb the mountain again. You know, it's it's two one, and you're like fuck. It was so deflating that it was just like, you know, it was like you're you're you've got yourself back in. You finally kicked the bad habits. You've got yourself to a position where okay, we can kick on now, and then you just got to kick the balls. You know, it wasn't just a kick of the ball. It was like grazed nuts where you know it's going to hurt, and then bang. <laughs> after VAR, it's like the pain kicks in, and you're like, oh fuck us. 
Because when I first saw it, I thought, nah. And Virgil was like adamant he never touched him. But you could see the, the knee on knee clash. Yeah. It was a stone wall. Say it was a stone wall. It was a pen. If it was, if it was for us, we'd have been screaming the house down if it wasn't given. So for me, it was yeah. no arguments. I don't get people's arguments when they're saying it was a soft pen, it was this, it was that. Look, it was a foul, it was in the box, it's a pen. It's a, it was so uh, uncharacteristic of Van Dijk to put in a challenge like that, Matt. Um, but you have to think the amount of pressing. Uh, it was a, it was more of a tired challenge than, a, for me, a lazy challenge or a rash challenge. It was a tired challenge from um, basically being run ragged by Fulham um, for most of the, well, not most of the, the game, well, the majority of the first half and that, but that kind of stuff takes it out of the legs. How much do you feel the pressing kind of contributed to Van Dijk's flicking a leg out? Because, I mean, you just can't do that in the box. It definitely contributed to it, that, and, you know, certainly a building frustration by the fact that, you know, even though they've only given up one goal before that point, even though we keep turning the ball over and Fulham keep getting chances to break against this, and they're still holding the four. We've only given up one, and every time the ball gets transitioned going forward, it just gets turned over again, and you're back under it. So, yeah, that just builds onto it. You know, it, uh, both a physical and mental, I guess, the exhaustion at that point building up, but it it wasn't, it certainly wasn't a good game from Virgil. You know, that's the sort of game that we expected last season in the opening game of the season. A rusty you know, that's, that's the sort of game that you expect from a guy coming back from a year long knee injury sort of thing, but he's had a year now to come back from it. So it was just an off day. But I mean, it's Virgil. So it's not something that anybody's going to expect to continue. You know, I, nobody thinks this is going to become a habit for him. He's going to correct that and get it sorted out. Stuff, um, Shawnee 2 1 down, and like uh, Kev says, we have to start climbing that mountain again. Um, and um, what got us back into the game was a mistake from Fulham this time rather than ourselves. So it was a, a ball into the box, I think it was that Captain Ream, was it kind of went to try yeah. and flick it and just nudged it on. Um, when Nunes didn't control it. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And then it literally just fell to Mo. And that was it, 2-2. Um, did, you, did you have a glimmer of hope? We're coming back here. We're going to absolute daylight robbery going to uh, take yeah. three points. Or would you have taken a point at that stage? Look, similar to Matt, like, and it's not, I don't think it's, um, it's not blind fate or, or blind, like, this team is never out of a game, really, no matter how bad we play. We've seen it down time and time again with this team they do have that like champion mentality there's no doubt about it and he always felt like we are always in the game and we might be able to nick something they might give something up but they might just they might start to filter filter out but they didn't and that's the one thing that kind of annoyed me when I went to Wall, I just didn't see the urgency in our game I don't know Henderson has the effort that hits the post but we didn't really trouble them enough when it when it goes to Wall either because I think there was part of us were thinking Right, we just get the fuck out, get out of Dodge here, rather having a bad day, or rather getting back into the game again. And they seem to be breaking on us with ears. It just wasn't happening for us, you know. They were probably just thinking we'll just get out of here with this point, but I don't think we really went for it. And I think that's where yesterday we struggled in terms of our bench because. Similar to when I looked at the City bench last week after before the, the Charity Shield, I was thinking to myself, 
they actually look a little bit, little bit light. And then I seen our Ben Chester and I was like, yeah, we look a little bit light as well now, which is fair enough because we're missing who? Simicas, Jodde, Kate wasn't okay. around. Um, Jones. Jones, Jones wasn't around. Gom, uh, Konate wasn't yeah. there. So oh, look, Kelleher. We, Kelleher, Ramsey. So we, look, you were looking at the bench and there was a few unfamiliar names there and you're thinking, Jesus, if we need a bit of something off the bench, maybe it's not there today. Now I thought, Carvalho and, and Elliot done really well and they come on and obviously Nunes was on the bench but that's where I was kind of thinking to myself oh you don't want to get into a situation here where you're needing something probably in the last 20 it would have been nice to have some sort of lead where you're just bringing these lads on for, for minutes you know just easing them back into the season and it, I kind of feel like that's where we struggled yesterday and it's not not a worry but it's kind of We've had a bit of shit luck early on with, with injuries in terms of when you're looking at what we had to select prime yesterday, but make no excuses. We should have had enough to, to get in and get out there with, with the three points. But yeah, I was a little bit annoyed with our approach in the last 10 minutes of the game. I didn't see the urgency there. And I don't think it was a legs that you like, look, Virgil's era was probably sloppy on. First time in my life watching Virgil where I, I never seen him. Like He always has his feet set as a defender, he always makes the striker make the decision, but Mitrovic had him on the other end yesterday, and that was just one of those things, so it was disappointing, to be honest with you, but when I look back, I'm thinking, fuck me, we were blessed to get out of there, with, with a point, I'll, I'll go back to that, even Klopp said that, I think they were well worth that win, and I actually think, on the balance of the play, Fulham, I look at that, and thinking, Jesus, we missed an opportunity today, to take a scalp, similar to the way, Brighton did today, you know, you coin it, when those opportunities come up, you've got to take them, and I think they slipped, and I think they might have let us um, off the hook a little bit. I think we got away with it. So what you're saying is, is that in the last ten, fifteen minutes, that the urgency vanished? Yeah, I just, I did, I did <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, <laughs> that was my little, that was my little nod to Chris Brack, his little link to an IP oh, vanished. Here we so. Go, <laughs> So, did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give your all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. IP Vanish VPN makes it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, password, communication, browsing history and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether you're at home or in public, I don't go online. Any, or whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off a yearly plan to our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with your world everything you stream, everything you search for, or everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand that's rated 4.6 out of 5, 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. Now, 
<laughs> Very good. Boulevard. Nice He's so proud. <laughs> it's like you so read that off the screen, Emma. It's like you yeah, I did. The <laughs> There's no way you're learning that off we heard. Um, so, Kev, uh, Shawnee was saying there the, the urgency after getting back to 2 2. There wasn't really that urgency to try and. I mean, I think the only chance that we probably created after that was Hendo's shot from distance. Was that yeah. disappointing for yourself as well? It was, but I think. They didn't want to fall into the trap of just launching balls into the box. You know, it's, it it might have been worth a go. Um, Carvalho had a had a chance as well from a corner, uh, from a, a ball that came out from a corner, a volley that he just couldn't get. He couldn't get over it. But in general, Sean is probably right. Look, it's uh, at worst their attitude is probably look. Don't lose. You've got yourself back into it into it twice. Take your point, lit your wounds, and just get mm-hmm. out and. Just reassess and see where you are come next Monday night because with the injuries to Thiago, we won't know until, look, we probably won't know. We won't be told how long he's going to be out for, but I don't think that looks promising, you know, the way he just stopped. Very similar to how um, um, Ox, Ox pulled up very, very pointing to the same part of his leg, whether it's a recurrence of a an old injury, or if it's something new. But the other injuries, I think someone put a comment up there saying that we were we had nine injuries to our first team at the minute, but they're not really injuries. There's illness, there's little knocks. I think bar two players are long-term. Everyone else should be back in around the end of this month or the beginning of September. So I'm not overly, overly concerned, but at the same time, Losing a Tiago for what possibly could be, you know, a good six weeks to six weeks plus, maybe more. We don't know. That could be a real problem because we're fine at the minute. Like I said, August is one game a month, one game a week for the rest of this month, more or less. And then you're going to get into League Champions League, League Champions League from now until the World Cup. There's only two League Cup games thrown in, you know, so every game more or less, it's two games a week, and they're all big games. They're all going to be important games. So, whereas before we could blood players in using the League Cup early rounds and what have you, we don't have that luxury this time. You know, it's only we're only going to be playing two of them between now and the World Cup. So, whether the club react in the market, I think they should. I think it would be negligent not to. Um, and that's not saying that once one... Signing fixes everything. It doesn't, but you got to give him a you got to give him a helping hand when the helping hand is needed. You got two midfielders now potentially out until after the World Cup. Worst case scenario, Ox won't be seen until after the World Cup, and potentially Thiago won't, might not be seen until after the World Cup. We don't know yet on that one. Jesus Christ! So you can't be. It's not fair because on the on the ones who are left because. It's clear, it's obvious that they're going to need the help. That you, if you're going to be playing, you know, Saturday, tu- Saturday, su- Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday, from September right through until the end of the middle of November, they're not going to be. Able, you're not going to be able to pick the same three or four lads all the time. You know, so whereas when we signed Carvalho, it was a case of okay, you're going to be the backup to Luis Diaz, and we'll blood you in. It might now be a case, okay, well, you could be playing in the eighth and we might need you for a bit more 
and there's no room for errors because we're chasing down 90 plus points. So I think the club have to do something. They have to help the manager out. And if the manager is being stubborn and picketed about it, he needs to be pulled to one side and say, look, take the player. You want the player, take the player. You know, and if you don't want to use them, that's up to you. You know, but I don't believe for a second that if you pulled a 30 or 40 million pound player in front of Klopp, that the club would be monitoring and maybe we're future planning to buy and we went and got him now. I don't think he's going to kick up a fuss. Mm. You know, sometimes Klopp needs to be told that yeah, well, at the you same have point, to have, you know. At the same time, I, I take Klopp's comments yesterday after the game with a pinch of salt. Klopp's hardly going to just come out after the game and go, mm. no, we need a fucking midfielder now because... No, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah showing your hands. And he, he, look, he's clever in that way, but I'm, I'm 100% on board with Kev said there. And it's not an e-jerk because I think, Kev, if you remember a couple of weeks ago on, on Fatback 4, we were talking about this. And, like, I do think we need a midfielder. And it's not, I don't, it, it's not a quality issue. It's just a durability issue. And if you look at what's coming up now between now and the end of November, it's not even possible that you think about it this way, but the season is even more condensed this year than it was last year. And last year was fucking ridiculous, if I'm being honest. Especially for this team. He played every game imaginable. But if you look at the makeup of that midfield, you've Henderson, who's had injury history. You've had Fabinho, who's had his fair share of injuries. You've had Thiago, who struggled. You have Keita, who we know all about. You know, Jones was unlucky last year. He had a really obscure injury with the, his retina being detached. But he missed a lot. Of, he missed a lot of football. Harvey Elliott had a freak impact injury. If you looking at the makeup of that midfield and Ox, who has just been the fucking Ox. Look, listen, I don't like Lambaston players. I really don't. But he's been less than useless. Like you know, like he, his he body's just let him completely down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, obviously, it's fucking no fault of his own. You can't hold it against him. But if you look at the makeup of that midfield, I'm with Kevin in a sense where it's. I think negligent might be a strong word because we, we've seen in the past 21, 20, the 2021 season with the centre-back situation, we didn't really panic. We bought a man, Ben Davies, and we got fucking Ozan Kabak. And it was literally last-minute job. We we wanted Kanate, we couldn't get him. Now, it's obviously we want midfield. There's no point fucking naming him because we, 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 we know he's not obtainable. But yeah. We talked about this list of players that has to be up on the wall at, at, at the exit. They they might need to just dip in and get one because, to be honest with you, I think this current midfield and the list, the group of players that we have, again, not a bagging on them quality-wise because I think they all have quality. There's no doubt about it. But I just think, given that Freve, their injury history, I think you'd be taking a risk to go into the season. Especially now, now when we can rectify it, there is time in the window to do it and not have your pants pulled down. I think we can be clever here and just take the pressure off Hendo because he's not getting any younger and take the pressure off Milner because he's not getting any younger. And Fab's going to be going to a World Cup. Hendo, the same. You know, like you've got to give these lads the best chance possible to operate at their best. And I think if you're pushing Hendo to the limit, because like Kev said, there's no two-week break between Champions League now. It's literally going to be Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, rolling, 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 all the way. Because they need, it's, not, it's not even a 
a, a TV thing. They have to get these fucking games done because they're going away to a tournament at the end of November. So it's just, I think they need to, they might need to dip in. And yeah. even if Klopp is being a stubborn hole, which I don't think he is, I think Klopp is just protecting the club in terms of a buoyant position. There's been yeah, a bit of news. Yeah, no, out, I agree with that. I agree with that. There's, there's been a bit of a, there's been a bit of talk about this new news lads from Lisbon. I've never seen him. I've seen him on YouTube. He looked What's fucking great. What's the bit of him today? That, that being said, Lucas Leiva looked like fucking Ronaldinho reborn <laughs> when he was at Romeo <laughs> and you know, watching videos of him. So you've got to be careful. There's an interesting team. name in the chat there, uh, Brozovic from uh, Inter Milan. He's been he'd been linked with I think he'd been linked with a move to a couple of Premier League clubs this yeah, summer. Yeah, but I think I think that might be Brozovic would be more of a stopgap side of signing thing if yeah. you ask me. Like you know what I mean? But, people saying we should have we should have went back for Genie. Look, in yeah. case the fucking penny hasn't dropped, Genie was finished when Liverpool let him go two years ago. That's why he didn't make it at PSG. That's why he wasn't given another contract at Liverpool. And he's fucking off at Roma now, running around there for Jose. So we need to be looking, I think, in this market to do something. Just because, to be honest with you, it seems like it's fucking, it's a coronation already after Man City's performance today. Everyone seems to be writing us off. But Gibble is a capable midfielder. And I genuinely think we're going to be there or thereabouts again. There's no doubt about it. But I think it's a big fucking ask asking these lads to 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 tow it, tow the line for us because it's not easy. You know, like there was a moment yesterday where Hendo goes down feeling this. Like, it, it's just you're walking a tightrope and it's avoidable. And I think yeah. we're at a stage now in the window where it might that might just be enough time so it's not a panic boy, and you might be able to get a deal done that you want to do. So. I'd be so I'd be surprised if the club didn't do one now. And the fact that all the fucking bedwetters on Twitter are saying we need two would suggest we at least need fucking more because you know here, like... I mean look so the name uh, Sangare's name is getting mentioned there because Sangare signed a new contract today at uh, at PSV. So I mean, for all of the clubs that were being linked with with him all summer, he went nowhere. So what people say and what names get shouted around on Twitter it's just people putting two and two together and coming up with five. You know, so I was I was actually gonna get you to come in here, Matt, because you gave Ron a, Ron an awful time on tour oh, I... when when he suggested that our midfield might be a little bit tenuous. Tenuous, yes. <laughs> that was a beautiful word, by the way. <laughs> tenuous tenuous was the word of the day for it. And I mean it was the Tiago injury changes everything. So obviously I was firmly in the camp of trust in what we have at the club. I think it's good going forward. You know, players have injury histories. Matip has injury history. And yet last year he played pretty much every game he was available for. If Klopp wanted to play him in all 63, he damn near could have played him in all six. Well, he would have broken down, but you get my point. So yeah. my question is, is I think if Tiago's only, you know, if it's a grade one strain or something like that, and he's only going to be gone for four weeks, I think we hold our fucking hand. I think we keep our powder dry and we don't do anything and we give Harvey Elliott the same chance that he got last year. And if we need to give Fabio Carvalho the chance, we do that as well too. Like Kev says, we don't have a midweek game until the last day of the month. So it's, you know, we got six, seven days in between of our games. Every that same 11 should be able to roll over for the first couple of games. But if Tiago is going to be out until after the world cup, let's say for sake of argument, 
I'd like to ask you guys, it's a North American term, but are you thinking more a rental player where no. you go and you get somebody that's 32, 33? No. Or are, you, are you willing? Because we know that FSG doesn't just splash the cash on everything. And that we all think, I'd, I'd like to think, that the team wants Bellingham. And Bellingham is going to cost 80 to 90 million. Would you want the team to scupper those future plans for Bellingham and possibly take away no, from but, that budget and risk losing out on him to get a uh, Matthias Nunez type player for 40 or 50 million? But I, I, I think, and we've talked about it on previous shows as well, that I think we're even, even let's say, if we, if, if, Bellingham was to come this summer. I still you need another one as well. I, I think I still yeah. think we go for another one next summer anyway. Yeah, 100%. So I don't think we're gonna need bringing one. in a midfielder now, like a Nunez, is going to um, scupper the, the Bellingham. Right, so, no, but, but my question would be, would you take a, again, for sake of argument, let's say Nunez this summer and Sangare next summer over somebody like Brozovic, who's 33, 34 and available for, you know, presumably a much lower transfer fee and Bellingham next summer. Yeah, but like, we know we're not just going to spend a hundred million in two summers on midfielders. I think they would. I think they would. I, I genuinely do. I don't, I, Nunes proved. Nunes proved it. Nunes but too many also proved that they won't do it. No, yeah, they won't the go was, stupid. But they'll value was, a player. But the I mean, was, stupid is a hundred million for Jude Bellingham. That is stupid. No, let's not, be honest. He's it's 19. not. Yeah, but look, listen, listen. I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> listen, right? You're saying that. The two or many thing was proved that we didn't get priced out of two or many move. The t- the thing what happened, two or many had agreed to join Liverpool. We had a deal agreed with Monaco for half of the price Madrid did, but Mbappe said, "I'm going to fucking stay here." So Florentino all of a sudden had quarter of a billion that he was going to spend on the Mbappe deal to do whatever the fuck he wanted with. So we said, "Right, I'm just going to get two or many," and he done. Monaco Johnny, had that's, the focus. That's literally the definition of getting priced out. We no, had agreed to get priced out. He, he chose Madrid. He, he, he literally turned around. He chose Madrid. He wanted to go to Madrid. Joe Manny was only ever going to stay at Liverpool for two or three years anyway and go to Madrid. I, I, that's, that's, that's all that was ever going to be. And that's it, the, proof that, the proof was there that the play, they were actually going to spend 50 million on him and Bellingham was going to be looked at down the line. They will have in their head that they absolutely want Bellingham. No doubt about it. But you need to realise, Ox is gone next year and I highly doubt Milner hangs around. And we don't even know what's going to happen with Naby Keita. So we need two, at least. Look what they've done with Diaz. I, I, think, I think what you're trying to say there, Sean, is, is that Real Madrid did to us what we did to Spurs with Diaz, I think. Not even, not even. No. Because I think, I, I, the thing, too many was happy to come to Liverpool. There's no doubt about it. But then when he talked, because the only reason he was going to come to Liverpool is because there was no chance Madrid were going to sign him this window with yeah. what so was going was, on with Mbappe. Why was the transfer fee difference so much higher then? Why did Real Madrid because spend Mad- so much more? If if they'd already agreed to sell him to Liverpool for the price that because we agreed PSG on, got involved. PSG got involved. Even after they signed Mbappe? Yeah. PSG it must got be involved. nice to have oil. Fuck me, <laughs> why wasn't I born with oil? Fuck. PSG got involved. He nearly went to PSG. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah, that. he nearly went to PSG. PSG bid seventy-five million euros for him. He was well, that's called getting priced yeah. out. If we wanted yeah. the player, we yeah, would have we gotten get, involved in that getting priced more. out. We had an agree. We had a deal agreed 
in the end, he was happy to go to Liverpool because he didn't think Madrid were on the on, on the scene because he thought they basically they were fucking Florentino Perez was on El Chiringuito just before all the Kylian Mbappe shit kicked off saying that we're looking at either Haaland or Mbappe or both. They were actually trying to get both of them. They were trying to get Haaland and Mbappe. They were trying to do both of them. They didn't think that yeah. too many was possible. So that's what happened. And then PSG, fucking Mbappe said we should get him, too many. Yeah, man, what's the fucking sporting director from Monaco? Leonardo. Uh, no, no, he's an, he's an English fella. Paul, um, someone in the chat might know. But it was the fella United were trying to fucking pick up. He came out saying that the, the club couldn't believe the situation that broke out with too many because it was literally, they had agreed a deal with Liverpool and he was going there 40, 50 million. That's, that was what he agreed. That was the talk. Next, Paul Mitchell, that's him. And he basically said, PSG got involved and then Florentino said, fuck that, I'm not being crooks by you again and just giving you. And they, they done the deal. So yeah. I do think that, I don't think it should be one or the other. And I don't, I think the I think the myth that fucking PS uh, FSG are stingy needs to go to bed because it's 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 pure bullshit. I don't think they are at all. They will just they they'll only do the deal if it's right for them. They won't get rowed on a transfer fee. That's the thing. So when you look at Diaz last year, he was obviously high up on the list to replace Mane, and they would have happily waited, I reckon, to get him in in the summer. But since sports had him wrapped up, they just went in right. That's how much it's going to take. And I think that's what could happen at, towards the, the back end of this window. Because there's still clubs all around Europe who need money. They, that, there's FFP, some clubs need to tie up. Leicester haven't been able to do a fucking job this summer because they're in trouble. And all the clubs are just giving them the, the line to move further and further down the line. And the prices come down. You look at Yuri Tillmans. Like he got a sign for ah. eight weeks ago. Yeah. Now, genuinely, I'm not saying we should go for him. I'm just saying. Time is running out for a lot of these clubs. Um, they're, they're going to get a little bit desperate. And the need to sell will 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 actually accelerate things. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen someone fucking agree a deal for your man Nunes at 45 million and Liverpool just go in. You know what? We'll do that for that price and we'll take him now. Very And I think that's what will happen. Something like that. It's This isn't a panic situation, I don't think. It shouldn't be one or the other. If you were to get Nunes, you bring him in then. You'd have Milner going out, and then you, you've all of a sudden you have Jordan Henderson taking Milner's place in the squad, where he's a utility player and more backup to Fabinho. You can, the sky's the limit. You can bring Bellingham in then because look, the chances are we're not going to be the fucking only ones in for Bellingham. They wouldn't wait for Bellingham if they thought there was an ounce of a chance that he went to somebody else. So yeah. look, I think they will do something by the end of this window, and I, I have a feeling I get the I get the I get the feeling that Bellingham is already wrapped up. That that that's not in. So I just I get the feeling. It, it just looks like we're comfortable. There's too, there's too many down. there's too many there's too many talking heads saying exactly the same thing, and nobody's denying it. The thing is with Bellingham, he'll be twenty when he comes to us, with three years' experience at, at Dortmund, three years' experience in the Champions League, and three years of getting his ass kicked by Bayern. So he's going to need to move by then. Plus. Even if it is at hundred million pounds, which probably won't be, but for argument's sake, say it's hundred million pounds, a ten million a year for a guy who's twenty years of age, who you would hope to keep at the club for a decade and build a club around him. I mean, it's it's pure money ball. It's absolutely pure money ball because at thirty years of age, his contract, his monetization as a player, 
owes us absolutely nothing. He will still hold a value at 30 years of age, probably equal to what we would have paid for him, if not more, because of the way football is going. I think he's an absolute. It's a free. It's free money for me. It's a, it's a risk free. It's a no brainer. Bar- it's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah barring barring injury, <clears throat> it's probably the most risk free transfer of an English player you could see in a long time. I mean, talk was Declan Rice was had a hundred and fifty million price tag on his head. Well, Jude Bellingham for me is better. He's better than Phillips, and he's better than Rice with a ceiling to be one of the best English midfielders in decades. And, and yeah, I don't, he has I, don't I don't think it was we didn't get you a many now we're looking at Bellingham. I think it was we get you a many this window and we'll get Bellingham next year. And I think it was a point made by somebody there earlier on saying the fact that we actually considered or were in for so many shows that we felt we needed a midfielder. No, I, um, I disagree. And the reason I, I just think if, if a player of the caliber of too many comes up, you want to be involved in the conversation. And at the, price that we, at the price that we were apparently willing to do a deal for, it was, it was well worth it. You know, it was well worth the punt at the 40 odd million pound mark that we were looking to do a deal at. And you'll, you'd want to be in that conversation for a number of players at Europe, throughout Europe. I mean, Benjamin Sesco is another one. You'd want to be in that conversation when Salzburg decide to cash in on him. But doesn't mean that you're going to be going hook, line, and sinker in for that type of player. You just want to be informed when he's going to be moving and you know what's involved. What would it take for us to get involved in that, that those kind of deals? I don't think that's. I think that's how a club should be run. Whether you go for a player or not is a, is another thing. But as long as you're involved in the conversations where the club is or the players are willing to come to us and we're looking at signing those caliber of players, you know, that keeps us competitive. Um Tillemans is an interesting one though. If, no, I, don't, I don't yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Can't I run. think he's the only I think he's the only answer. He can't run. He he knows the league. Can Henderson there, there, there's really rumors of a bit of an attitude problem in this in the change room I, as well. Well, that changes it. I mean, if he's yeah. got an attitude problem, the club won't go near him with fucking ten foot barge pole. But I, if you think about bringing a new midfielder in and think about them playing significant first team minutes, how long is it going to take them to learn the system, to adapt to the style of play? Four weeks, six weeks. I think an awful lot. You of could players... be looking at Thiago coming back off of the medical bench at that point. But the thing is, an awful lot of an awful lot of sides across Europe now, especially if you're buying from certain leagues, play four three three. They play with two eights. They it's the triggers and the presses where they got to learn. And nobody nobody plays with fullbacks kind of like we have. No, nobody but they do. Yeah, but but the three my, the three my, in the midfield is kind of you know is kind of standard. It's not uh, we don't do anything unique with our midfield three. It's pretty regimented in how they play. It's not um it's not unique to us. There's pretty much any side who plays four three three, you'll have the two eights kind of play how we play. Apart from some having bombing into midfield, ours tend to hold. You know, hold their position and suffocate sides in and keep possession and keep the ball moving. So it's it's not as difficult a position to fill as say a backup to Mo or a fullback. You know, a fullback for us is a difficult position to fill. A backup for Moyes, 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 Moyes
my only worry really with the whole thing is I'd actually I'd I'd I see where you're coming from, Matt, in terms of by the time someone it, like comes in and gels and is is in with the squad, they'd probably be breaking up for the World Cup then and then you'd have the full selection of your midfielders again. But yeah. you need you need to look at Henderson's injury record. You need to look at Fabinho's injury record. You need to look at Keita's injury record. There's even times where Milner has been played and he hasn't been there. The biggest problem for Liverpool... Johnny, Henderson, is, Henderson played more games than he ever played for us last season. Ox played more games for us last season than he's ever played for us. So, like, I get where you're coming from. Everybody has fears because we were all there for 2021 when all of our defenders just all exploded. But, like... Just because a player has been injured yeah, doesn't the, mean they're the options were there. Injured. The options were there to rotate last year in the midfield. The, we, Klopp rotated more than ever last year. We like who's going to start against Palace midfield? Naby, uh, Henderson, Kate, Kate Fiavo, Fabinho. yeah, Ada Fabinho, Henderson. And who would you have on the bench then? Harvey Elliott on the right. Move Milner to the middle, or. Uh, Henderson to the middle or bring in Milner to play in the six and Fabio Carvalho off the left if you need it. Look, I, I, I just think, I think, look, I think, I don't think it's a risk worth taking, to be honest with you. Uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm not I think saying, you, bring, you have oh, to bring forward sign, transfer. I'm not saying, showing someone, oh, well, bollocks, oh, this, that, the other. I just feel that yeah, you can give yourself the best chance and the fact that we're going to be buying two in the summer anyway, I think it's just a chance to get a little bit of a head start here. And if one comes available, I wouldn't be surprised they don't do it. At the same, in the same breath, if they didn't do one, I wouldn't be surprised either. But I think you'd just be living dangerous based on the injuries histories of the ones that we'd have. Because it, God forbid if that happened to Fabinho, you'd have Henderson dropping back in there. And then, then you're really fucking like, then you're relying on young lads to come in and really stamp down play two games a week when again it's unfair on them and even here look I'd say same by Man City I'd say the exact yeah. same by Man City if if Haaland gets injured City are bollocks especially if they're yeah. talking about letting if they, no I'm not, I'm not being funny if they let no, Bernardo Silva go no you look at their bench look this Julian me. Alvarez kid it's it's a lot of fucking pressure on him I think they I looked at their bench at the, again, in the, against those in the community and said they're going to do two or three more in this window surely have to. And if they let Bernardo Silva go, so I think they're taking a risk. I think I think we're taking as equal as a risk. I just I think that they might be looking at this fella off list, and I really do. I think there has to be something that I genuinely do. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, Matt, in terms of somebody coming in and then again they get up to speed. Our other players are back. I still think that we, even without the injuries, I still think we could have done with a midfielder. Um, and I was saying that it's more so for more more of a Fabinho kind of a understudy, um, more so than a going forward uh, uh, an offensive midfielder. But look, we touched on it there. Going forward to to Crystal Palace, and I think you and Chris said it yesterday, um, uh, Kev. That yesterday, yesterday was the kind of game where you kind of hoped you had a game on Tuesday, or you hoped you had a game on Wednesday. It was catch twenty two. Now we definitely don't want. We actually got rid of a friendly today. <laughs> yeah, you you wanted another game to kind of nearly get it out of your system, but it's nine days now. You probably could have done maybe not waiting that long to get them back out onto the pitch. What way? What way do you see, or what changes do you see? And like obviously you're going to have enforced changes that we just spoke about there in midfield. Do you see them changing anything else for Crystal Palace? I'll go to you first, Kev. I'd be amazed if Darwin isn't starting. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if Elliot doesn't start. I think Palace threat. I thought Anderson's passing from the back mm-hmm. was absolutely ridiculous. Their centre back. I mean, his distribution from the back is unreal. You can't allow him to pick his head up. And Palace might have, you know, Palace lost to Arsenal, but there was an awful lot of positives for them to take out of that performance. So those balls over the top into our fullbacks, into the channels for their forwards to chase after will be probably their main weapon. But it's something that we should be able to cope with, no problem. Um, But I'll be absolutely gobsmacked if Darwin doesn't start his first home game. Uh, Anfield under the lights on a Monday night. He deserves it, you know, on the back of his, on the strength of his two performances so far. And I just want to see him, what he's like from the start and see what he's like with 70, 80 minutes with the crowd absolutely giving it, giving it everything for him. And we need to blow off the cobwebs and get, get onto, get onto the winning ways. Mm-hmm. One thing Chris said that in the post match. I never look at a table until 10 games in. Never. It means absolutely nothing. But from about 10 games in, you can start, you can look at the table and you get a gauge of who's where in the league, really. You know, first few weeks, you're going to get anomaly results. You'll get some absolutely crazy results and you'll get some, some, some sides are going to hit the ground running like Spurs did. But I think we need, we, if you're looking at the table in 10 games time and we're sat with mm. nine wins and a draw, you'll forget about the Fulham game pretty quick. But we need to get the first win under the belt and get something positive going through the club because the last thing you need is negativity while the window's open. The fans will get right on that and it's just not a good place to be. I mean, yesterday was without doubt the most difficult post-match I've ever done. And I've done a lot of them. I've done a lot of them with losses, but that's the first one that I've done where the performance was that bad. Yeah. I've I've done it where we've played well and lost, and you hold your hands up and you're fine, fair enough. It happens. It's football. You're not entitled to win every game, but when you have a performance as bad as that, you need to get that out of your system quick, and you just hope it's against Palace on the Monday night because Man United the, the following week won't be uh, a as easy as what people like to think either. So you know we kidding? So Kev, you'd go uh, you'd go Elliot go in for Thiago, Nunes in for Fer- Firmino. I'd go with um, Elliot on the right and I'd switch Hendo onto the left. Yeah. Uh, uh, or even maybe start Milner on the left. I wouldn't be or Naby on the left. It wouldn't bother me either way. But I think Harvey Harvey offers you something. I think Darwin definitely has to start. He just so does. There was, I have to say, shades of the beginning of last season when Elliot came on. That kind of nearly like the triangle between himself, yeah. Trent, and and Mal for the second half yesterday in, in the points where we were. Yeah, I want to we see more. Of it. Yeah, uh, Matt, would you have any other changes other than what Kevin said? Uh, I I think Henderson will keep his place in the team. First home game of the new season, he's the team captain. I think he'll hold his place in the team. And again, out of the three midfielders from the Fulham game, he was. Easily the best in the first 45 minutes while not being good at the same time, but he was the best of the three. So I think he'll keep his place. I think Keita comes back from his illness and takes his spot up. He's our fourth choice center midfielder. It's, I think Klopp will show his faith in him. He's continually backed Navi Keita again and again and again. 
obviously that coaching staff see something in him and believe in him. So I think he'll go and fucking Darwin has to start. Like he just has to start. I think the crowd will want it. I think the crowd will feed off of it when he's out there to start the game. And the first couple touches he gets, it would just, because again, I'm going to the game. So I want to see a fucking goal this time for fuck's sake. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm at the game as well. Oh, I'm no. I, well. I've been talking with Ash. Don't you worry about it, Johnny. We're going to meet you for a pint before we go into the stadium. I cannot wait. But, I mean, 1-0 loss. All right, you go through against Inter in the Champions League. That's an okay loss to take. But I want to see us trounce Palace. And I thought I, I thought Palace actually looked pretty good on Friday, actually. They're, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. But I think if Darwin starts, it just it changes absolutely everything. Because somebody in the chat said after Darwin came on, Mo looked better. Well, yeah, that's because all of a sudden their two center halves were really worried about this, you know, ponytailed Uruguayan fellow that just strode onto the pitch that is lightning quick. Because if you saw Holland's second goal today, that's the type of goal that Darwin Nunez is going to be able to score for us. That's the type of ball that, you know, that De Bruyne played. That's the sort of ball that Trent's going to be able to play into him with lightning pace where he just looks at the center half and says, I'm beating you to that ball. And you can put it into open space. So, yeah, it's, I think Darwin and Keita come in. But other than that, the rest of the team stays unchanged. So Keita for Thiago and yeah. Nunes for Bobby. For me, no. uh, yeah. Johnny, what, what changes do you see? I'd, I'd say I can see that being the same. Now, I wouldn't be surprised in the same breath of Elliot's dad. But I think you might go with, um, you might go with Keita and Hendo in there because they signed that new lad, the core Palace, who looks very good, very physical. Yeah. So they're going to be physical in midfield as well. So I think Klopp might try, try match them up. And look, you have to be starting Darwin at this stage, to be honest with you, which I think we think he will. So yeah, like Matt said, force game back at Anfield under the lights. I think we'd be good to go. I don't think you could, don't read too much into yesterday. Well, not shit. We no. played shit. We got a result. We'd be grand. That's just the way to look at it. Don't be fucking. Worrying about it, but um, yeah, no, really can't. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. The only problem is I actually can't find my passport at the moment. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Apparently, it's not too bad at the moment to turn the turn around for passport renewal. But look, I'll be fucking there by hook or by crook because I'll be getting about, but I'll be getting about from Hollyhead if I have to. You can get an so emergency pension for 120 quid or something. I think that's airport. what it is, yeah. Uh, in the airport, I, w- yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't chance it. Now we'll have a look. I'm gonna pull the gaffer part tomorrow. <laughs> if I can't find it, I'll just go down the passport office and kick up more. But uh, look, push comes to shove. I'll be on about uh, about half two in the morning on Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there one way or another. I'll be back on the back of some fucking Eddie Stalbar playing hide behind Palace. So uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I can't, I'll, I'm gonna meet Ash there and and. Matt, of course, and I've already agreed to meet a few lads over there. I love getting over. I'm so lucky that I'm able to get over. Matt, how long do you have to travel? Uh, the flight from Toronto to Dublin is like nine hours. Yeah, see, I only had to go 20 minutes, and the boat will only be fucking two hours max, so I'm not feeling too bad about it. So, I'm, doing uh, that, I'm doing that 20-minute one too, so, yeah, I got you completely covered. Yeah, no, so, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so good stuff. Obviously, Go on. We'll be doing another um, a fat back four before then. So yeah, no panic, no panic. Oh. So we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back on the horse uh, against Palace. Everybody confident enough that we uh, get back to winning ways. We, very rare we play two games 
uh, in a row as bad as what we have played yesterday. So yeah. um, I'd be fairly confident as well. I would be more so the Keita and Nunez changes in terms of Keita's pressing because our pressing seemed to be non-existent yesterday and I think Keita's a bit of a pressing machine. So um, I think he'll maybe be introduced to try and win that ball up a little bit higher on the pitch. So look... Um, that's uh, let's have a quick kind of scan over. I'm conscious that we're we're an, an hour and fifteen in. Um, other results over the weekend. Any any teams stand out for you, uh, Matt, over the weekend? I mean, I could take the low hanging fruit, but I'll maybe leave United for somebody else. Um, I'll also leave Everton for somebody else. Uh, Spurs Spurs look pretty good. I it was noticeable that Conte went with his pride and trusted. None of the new signings started the game. So he's obviously going to take his time betting those players in, but they look good. Uh, Villa looks bad. Aston Villa does not. They, they did not play well at all. Southampton, I thought, also was terrible. So, yeah, but that's and just Ralph my Ryan agenda. Ralph Ryden extended to wear a three-piece now, so it's not looking good for him either. Ah. Yeah, he's dressing like Gareth Southgate. A three-piece suit and a pair of runners he had on him. Yeah, he's, he's dressing it. <laughs> He, it's fucking very so okay. I was saying, what the fuck is this fella doing? I thought he was walking in the bleeding hospitality in the Tottenham Hotspur stadium. He's up again the way down. But uh, yeah, a, f- a few red flags this weekend. I agree with Matt. Like, I think the heat is on now with, with Gerard. He spent a lot of money this summer. Um, and I believe that the villa owner is no mug. I believe he's fairly shrewd. So, um, his head will be on the block. I don't think he gives a bollocks about reputations. And I actually think Brendan Rodgers is in big trouble because he seems to be at the wrong end of the boardroom again. But maybe the tour time in his management career. Um, the owl added from the from the dark night, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I think that's kind of happening to Rodgers now where he probably should have moved to Arsenal. He probably should have, he probably should have jumped ship. Like everyone would have called him a snake, but it probably would have been the right thing to do. I think he left Celtic at the right time, but I think he's starting to stink the gaff out there today. And they were really, really lucky to get a draw because Brentford had one offside that was yeah. marginal. So I think the heat is on Rogers, and maybe not even his fault this time. Look, his hands are just tired, and you know the way these owners work. You can't sack players during the season, so managers are normally the first ones to go. So yeah, Brendan Rogers is under pressure. Steven Gerrard is under pressure and Eric Ten Hag is bollocks. I actually, I didn't think it was possible, but United actually look the worst I've seen them. Terrible. Terrible. They look really, really bad. Martin even said he thinks they're the the worst team in the league based on what he's seen this this weekend. A couple of my mates here are United fans are like going, oh, I don't know because some of the players are playing well. Like Sancho, I, I showed a bit of fun, but it's mental it's scars, Johnny. They're they're oh, mentally broken from yeah, the last yeah. couple of years. As the soon as they were, I think Welbeck absolutely ruined them. Yeah. You know, how do how what... do you make Danny Welbeck look like a world class striker at, in twenty twenty two? How yeah. shit is your defense to make Danny Welbeck? Like, there was one point where a ball got put into the space behind the fullback, and Harry Maguire and Danny Welbeck got into a foot race, and I put it into the Telegram group. Danny Welbeck looked like Mbappe. He torched him for speed. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Danny Welbeck is one of these strikers, right? This, without the in, he's the same as Danny Sturridge. 
Because I remember watching the two of them playing for England under-21s when they were that age group. And its injuries have killed him. You know, Mm. he's a very good player. When he's in three, he's a good striker. And at his age now, you know, he should know his game. But injuries have always hurt him. Comparing this Martinez fella to a five foot nine centre back, and they were telling us that ah, oh, Puya was brilliant, and Canavaro was Canavaro, brilliant. And he like, is no yeah, Fabio you, Canavaro. <laughs> you just keep you just keep rattling off a few of the greatest yeah. centre backs to ever played a game there. Compared yeah, to fella, it's, yeah, it looked like yeah. a fucking toddler's cop who knocked the fella over. He was getting bullied. Oh, oh, genuinely, people when I used his team and were after the watershed. Darwin Nunes is going to wear that fella like a fucking condom in a few weeks. That's the gun on the street. Because I'll tell you what, and, one who did impress me, William Saliba at Arsenal. Yeah. So yeah. He, had a re- he was really good. You know, you can he's see, very Virgil. He, very Virgil, isn't he? He's very, yeah. He, he is, is very Virgil. He is a bit. He's very cool, calm, collected, assured. I mean, you remember with Courtois when, they say, when Chelsea sent Courtois and loan for those two years. Two years go and develop your game. Arsenal could have played a blinder here with this kid. Um, he he looked really good. You know, credit where it's due. I wasn't expecting much out of him. But, yeah, look, I know it's only one game in, but there's things in his game that you saw. You were like, yeah, I like the look of that. Saying that, there were still things in Arsenal's game that I thought, Palace. if Palace were a bit braver on the ball, they could have got something out of that. You know, I still think Arsenal are still... Light. I think they're still gonna. I said, I just they're soft, and over the course of a season, I think that will that will show. You know, you'll see you'll see through Arsenal in the next couple of months. You know, they will definitely fold like house of cards. They'll have flashes of brilliance, but in reality, over a season, they're not going to get top four. So look, um, we're gone now, an hour and twenty. So we'll uh, start to wrap it up. Um, Matt, thanks for coming on. Uh, that was fantastic. Is, is this you know. fat, fat back four? Is this fat back four debut? Debut, yeah. It's uh, the, the missus was like, "You got a show tonight?" I'm like, "No, dear, I don't have a show. I have the show. <laughs> I have the show. This is the fucking flagship, baby. This is a big deal." <laughs> Imagine how nervous I was trying to fucking host it. Shawnee, thanks for. Uh, well, you are here every week. Thanks for being yeah. on tonight. And, no, no problem. My pleasure, uh, lads, too. as always. Too. As um, always. Look, before we go, um, just to mention as well, uh, the charity, um, uh, it's Bobby's Wish to Walk. Um, so the link is going to be in the description of the show. No donation too big or too small. And even if you can't donate, even if you just share the link um, into your WhatsApp groups, into your family WhatsApp groups, I've been trying to get to that 150K. Um, anything else from yourself, Shawnee, before we go? No, all good. Um, a makeshift back four tonight, I think, would be <laughs> would be degrading on you, but it's been a fucking brilliant. Yeah, Gavin Keith are off somewhere, bleeding. Um, I was gonna, I was Keita. actually going to say, Gav, I, I, it is Gav that does the tweets, is it? He was clearly yeah. a few pina coladas deep when he tried to type that one up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Um, it was great to have you on. Yeah. Fucking, it's going to be yours for the next few weeks. And I'm looking forward to meeting uh, Matt in person next week. Passport and no old passport. I'll fucking <laughs> swim there if I have to. So, uh, yeah. And he'll be here with the United game as well. So, 
and um, we're gonna go to oh, the you... I think. And uh, yeah, you'll be in Dublin you for the you'll be in Dublin for the United game, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's on Camden Street. Uh, Gavin's uh, been saying Ryan's on Camden Street is the, no, is go, the, to the go to the Camden on Camden Street. That's where you need to go. Oh. You see, Sean, is, Sean is the young book of the trippers. It's a Monday night. You'll get home and all. You don't worry. You'll have your home by three in the morning. <laughs> oh, I got to get I gotta get to Dublin Airport for a 9 a.m. flight. To I told you on Thursday, you'll be going, bring your bags. You'll be going straight from the boozer. <laughs> Kev, anything else from yourself? No, I just think it's funny, Matt. <laughs> you think Matt's a joke? He ain't joking, Matt. Honest to God, he ain't. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. look, it's got to be a bit. There's a show tomorrow night. I think there's something in the week as well. And we've got, we're back in on Friday as well. So there'll be plenty we have of stuff link, going we on. We have links week. and shows and producer I got, I, and house coming over here from Gav yeah. on WhatsApp. You got, you got winners and losers coming on Monday and a viewer's voice on Thursday. The Premier League forecast is on Friday and another Fatback 4 next Sunday. So almost a full slate with the boss almost man on vacation. Yeah. Not bad. Anything else from yourself, Matt? No, I'm just uh, I'm interested to see how many shows are going to be cancelled because Gav's got too bad a sunburn on his fucking mouse clicking arm when he gets back from <laughs> Well look, uh, that was the Fatback 4 not the best of starts for Liverpool this weekend with a 2 all draw with Fulham hopefully on to bigger and better things against Palace on Monday week uh, Thanks for everybody in the chat comments were flying in there Thanks Chris in the background producing and thanks to Shawnee, Matt, and Kev for joining us. We'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.